0: Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Jess. This is Questions at Ferry where me and Jess will answer questions and cover topics you and I want answered.
1: So today in our podcast episode, we're here with Miss Honeyford, the Deputy Head of Ferry
2: High School. So, would you like to start with telling us a bit about yourself and your role in the school? Okay, so uh, I'm one of the Deputy Head Teachers here at Ferry and I am responsible for a whole range of really cool things from overseeing learning and teaching within the school to curriculum and uh, positive behaviour. I look after our student and our probationer teachers and um, that's probably loads of other stuff that I've forgotten there. By trade I'm also a history teacher and I'm still even allowed to teach a little bit so I even have a high history class this year which I share with Miss Lee.
0: Obviously this episode is based around assessment and preparing for exams Um, so just to gauge kind of because obviously you kind of help a lot with the exams, Um, just trying to gauge how you found exams when you were younger and how you dealt with specifically the stress of exams and revision.
2: So yeah, I think it's something that I'm always really mindful at this time of year and when we go into the SQA diet as well. So yeah, when I was at school, um, exams really did stress me out and I'm probably a good example of someone who didn't do really well with exams as well um, and had to overcome quite a few hurdles with things. For example, I didn't do so great in my first round of A-levels, I actually had to go back and reset some A-levels. And I think part of that was the, the stress of exams and preparing for them and kind of knowing myself well enough to be able to do to approach them in the best possible way so yeah absolutely it's something that I'm always really mindful of and um, I certainly myself struggled I suppose when I was younger with getting ready for exams um, and that's not to criticize the teachers that supported me but perhaps you know just that a little bit more um, ideas of how to approach stuff and things like that so it's something I'm always conscious of
1: yeah yeah, I think one of the big problems is a lot of young people, from maybe their parents or teachers as well, but a lot of them put pressure on themselves because they think it's the be all and end all. Like, this is your future. If you don't get Ollie's, that's it. So, what would be your advice for people that are putting a lot of pressure on
2: themselves right now for Nat 5s and for hires? Mm-hmm. I think it's probably about, yeah, absolutely. And they are important. And I suppose, you know, that everyone around you is conscious of the fact that you get those kind of messages and we do try and minimise them, but equally we would be doing you a disservice to not say, you know, they are important. But I think in the planning of it, for things like the assessment windows and in-class assessments, because there'll be stuff going on between now and the start of the diet as well, it's about seeing these assessments as preparation, you know, to help you as part of your toolkit. So in the same way that you might do mind maps or flashcards to help you prepare... Actually, the assessment window assessments and the ones that you might do in class, they're all part of your toolkit to help you prepare with what does it feel like to have to do this type of question in 10 minutes? And what does it actually feel like to answer this particular type of question? You might know, so as a history teacher, you might know something, you know, everything there is to know about a particular topic. But are you good at explaining that or are you good at analysing that? So it's about that skill set. I think that when it comes to actual SQA exam, I think it is keeping things proportional as well. I think it is working really hard as much as you can, but using the supports around you to keep that balance. You can't you can't do everything that's exam focused. You've got to have that time away for yourself. And I think it's about keeping perspective as well. What I certainly would always say with classes that I work with, you know, this is your opportunity to show off. You have worked really hard up to this point. Your teachers will have worked to prepare you. And it's about going into those exams thinking this is your opportunity to show the SQA what you can do. They're not trying to trip you up or, or trick you or catch you out. They are going to be asking you stuff that you should have prepared for. And I think that's part of it as well is making sure that you understand the standard. You know, What is going to be asked of you? What are the types of questions that are going to be asked? And again, it's not about learning all the content, which is often the easiest thing to do when you're revising. It's about knowing how you're going to have to use that, what type of question they're going to ask you. And I think that will help you when you go into the exam. So it's keeping it proportionate. It's asking for that help. It's knowing your enemy. And it's about taking that time for yourself as well, because, um, you know, you can't pour from an empty glass is often what Miss Gordon will say. And that's exactly true for you guys when it comes to exams and the, you know, the, the motivation there is possibly to avoid it and put your head in the sand which was probably more my approach when I was at school or to power everything into it and it's difficult to find that happy medium but that is what you have to do
0: yeah I think ultimately it's about um finding finding a focus for yourself and Mm -hmm. finding goals for yourself and um not um focusing so much on what's going on around you and focusing on what you need to focus on and um what you're finding tricky
2: um, and yeah, asking for help, mm-hmm. you know. and also like you know, you often will be in social groups as well, and I think you can put a lot of pressure on yourself if someone else in your group is up first thing in the morning, and you know by the time you get out of bed, they've done five hours of study. You have to know yourself as well. And when I would talk to groups, um, you know, previously, and I would say, do you know, it's about making your revision and your preparation work for you. Now that has to be something for everybody. Nobody is is you know, we're going to advise that you do nothing. But if you're not a morning person, why are you doing designing a revision timetable that has you get enough at 5am to do four hours of revision you know if you're more of a night owl then that is your revision time and when you're looking at blocking your revision planning you know you're taking your mornings maybe for your downtime and your u you time but if you know you're better at 10 o'clock at night then that's when you should be working and likewise in the morning and I think sometimes that can bring conflicting messages because people are yeah. telling you get your sleep and don't be you know burning the midnight oil absolutely mm-hmm. right you shouldn't be up at five and still up at midnight but if you're a night owl why are you trying to do stuff at a time of day that doesn't work for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think me and Jess have had countless uh, conversations about <laughs> the pressure that sometimes our phone group puts yeah. And kind of, um we've had to find ways of almost um, what works for us. And we've noticed that quite often people around us and if, uh, put a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we've found um, it's just best to not... Talk about assessments. Yeah, it's like
2: strengthen the friendships, isn't it? And the motivational support, but yeah, don't use necessarily peers as mirrors because you'll actually lose time beating yourself up over what you've not done rather than actually getting on with it. But yeah, it's like a total double edged sword. I get that. Yeah.
0: You're only only ever proud of yourself if you've done better than someone
2: else. And yeah, like, it's it's the time of year to get selfish. And I know with our values of, you know, work hard and be kind, absolutely, but it's about being kind to yourself. Do you know? Mm -hmm. You've got to get selfish. You've got to look out for yourself so that's everything from you know prioritizing you but also you know doing what's right for you as well in and watching out for your friends in a friend way rather than yeah that kind of competitive who's going to do better or i need to do everything that they're doing totally agree
1: yeah yeah um so we have some questions from our anonymous question box okay. Um, probably just ask one or two i think actually a lot of this has already been covered um what do you feel is the best way to study for multiple subjects? Is obviously right now, people with seven subjects, multiple exams in one week, it can be quite overwhelming. You have covered a lot of this already, but mm-hmm.
2: No, and it's and it's something that you kinda of develop with with experience as well. So my heart especially goes out to fourth year here because it's like you're running the government for the first time. So I think it's a little bit about knowing your enemy and then it's about your planning, right? And it's, again, it's not being too hard on yourself if it doesn't quite work in the first iteration. So I think the danger is that if you don't know exactly what content you should be covering and what could be asked in the exams, then for each of those individual subjects, that's massive. So I think it's very much about knowing your particular subject area what are the topics that you're doing what are the type of questions i then would almost look to red amber green for each of your subjects so do you know your strengths and weaknesses because if you're really good in one particular area you need to review that but you're not going to have to do the same level of revision for that so within each of your subjects you've then got these are my focus areas what i would then advise doing is you do that across your subjects as well so you know where you maybe need to spend a little bit more time You've then kind of changed the pieces on the board a bit because rather than looking at seven subjects, say for a fourth year or five in the senior, the fifth and sixth year, you then know, right, I need to put this subject above this subject and actually within this subject, this is the one I need to focus on. I don't need to go anywhere near topic X because I'm I'm solid, I'm green on that. And then um, as a former timetabler, I suppose it seems a bit likely I would say, do a timetable. But I think you then have to have a timetable. And I'm going to come back to the point about, you know, especially with study leave, a timetable work that works for you. If you're not getting out of bed at five o'clock or you're done by 9 p.m. in the evening, that is not that's your downtime. But then it's blocking those kind of chunks of time in and having them prioritized so that you're covering all your subjects the first thing i would put onto a revision timetable is when your exams actually are and then you know what you're feeding into um, and then you're blocking based on your red amber green do you need to give a certain subject a bit more time not the entire block of your revision timetable but do you need to give it a bit more time within individual subjects are they all covered but within that revision time Are you actually focusing on the stuff you you need to? And the thing from my own personal experience and from working with guys like you for years now is that we find more comfort in revising the stuff we know because it's really nice to be like, I've got this. But if you already knew you got it, it's not really effective revision for you. So it's starting with the stuff that was read. And the sooner you start that, the quicker you can be coming into school or getting on teams and saying, "Miss, sir, I don't understand this. What do I need to know? So it's about the planning, but it's very much knowing your enemy, I would say.
0: Yeah, I think it's, even if your assessment is two weeks away, I think it's always best just to start, um, just to start then, just to go over things instead of cramming it because... Your brain just goes into overload. It's awful. I'm I'm an absolute
2: crammer, right? My go-to is to cram. And actually, it's more experience has taught me that that is not the most effective way. So absolutely, you know, you should be spreading your revision. And, you know, you might have an exam that's in the middle or to the end of the diet, but you still want to be doing some of that at the, you know, the earlier stage of your revision planning. It spreads it out. It gives you a bit of a kind of break as well. And it is about getting that balance. So you almost want to be revisiting your learning, you know, the day before an exam, rather than cramming everything that you you think you need to know for that topic, where it'll become overwhelming and you'll miss stuff and you'll panic if suddenly you discover you didn't know something. It's actually about the day before an exam, you know, having a block of time or maybe two blocks of time where you're coming back to review your revision. That's what's happening the day before that exam. You're not suddenly learning a topic the day before an exam. Um, I would absolutely agree. But I say that as a natural crammer. So I get the instinct, but you've got to go against it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we've covered a lot of it. Um, yeah.
2: It's tricky, isn't it? It's a hard word revision. It's like a little word, but it means so much. But, you know, you're surrounded by people from friends to folks at home who've been through it, the staff here. You know, that is part of our job as we move into this kind of, you know, the revision phase and study leave. I think sometimes you guys think that you can't be here unless it's for an exam and that, you know, you can't keep asking questions in the way you might do in class. And I think it's really important, you know, we are here to support you with that revision and just, you know, because you're not necessarily here when we get to the SQA diet, it always makes me feel much better when people pop to the door and ask a question or drop you an email. Um, And, you, you know, your teachers and folks at home are experts, you know, in a lot of these aspects of revision. They'll have ideas for you. They will know you, especially folks at home may well know you better than you think you know yourself and may see some flaws in your approach or some strengths and have different ideas because most of us have revised for something in some way in, but yeah it's such a small word but it's massive but if you yeah. approach it the right way you'll keep yourself strong enough for the exams because sometimes people burn themselves out with a revision before they get to the exams but you will get through it and you'll get through it in a way of that you come out of those exams and you're like punching the air because you're like yes i have totally just shown a total random stranger who i'm never going to meet who's going to mark this paper i've shown them what i can do and that's an amazing feeling Um, But it's all about that, like preparing to do well, Um, and that takes planning. But that has to happen now as well, guys. So you can't be doing that when you go off on study leave. I always love people who are like day one, two and three of study leave. I'm going to do my revision plan. No, 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 no. That's when you're doing your revision plan. So you, your time now is to get all your resources together, your flashcards, your mind maps, whatever works for you. And is to get your plan ready aim so that as soon as, you know, you actually move into that final block of revision, you're doing the revision, making up revision tools and, you know, making up a revision plan. That's fantastic. That's preparation. That's not revision. And it's about yeah. remembering that as well.
0: Yeah. And I think directly talking about assessment window two, um, these results don't define your final mark and oh, don't define no. anything. No. So if anything, just use it as, okay, this is where I went wrong. This is where I need to work on.
2: Um, I could not agree more. That's literally what I have said to the higher class that I teach. Do you know, this is it's a tool, right? So use it for what did you do well and fantastic. There's your greens. What do you need a bit more support with? You need to know it and you need to have the conversations and that's how your teachers are using them. Do you know that's, that's how we're using assessment is to figure out where you're at and how do we now need to tweak our supports and, and how we're directing stuff. So absolutely, do you know, in the same way that you could have a beautiful folder of colour-coded highlighted notes and everything cross-referenced and that's part of your toolkit for doing well in the final exams but so are the results from this assessment window and that feedback is crucial. You know, the most important thing you can get is feedback on how you're doing and then act upon it. So absolutely, if you do fantastic, brilliant. That's really, really good. Um, And use what are are strengths. If it doesn't go quite so well, take, take five minutes to feel bad about that, absolutely. But then zone in on what your teacher is telling you, what were your areas that you need to work on and then pick those off. And if you can do it yourself, fantastic. Maybe it's some honest conversations about how much prep did you actually do? Um, But it might be that you're like, but I thought I had it. And at that point, you know, your teacher wants you to be saying, what do I need to do? I don't understand exactly what that means. Tell me again. And they'll keep going over it again and again because they want the best for you as well. So absolutely use this assessment window as one of your big tools to help you get that result when it comes to the summer exams.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think support is one of the most important things, especially um, teachers doing support study after school. Mm -hmm. So many people have said that's beneficial to them. When you're with a teacher, you have a question and they show you step by step how to do it. In class, obviously, they can do that as well. But when you have more one-to-one quiet time, it's a lot easier for teachers to do that. So I think that's been really beneficial as well. Good. Good. Absolutely.
0: Asking for help isn't... A weakness it doesn't damper on your pride Just yeah
2: you know but hooks. see I think that's something that comes with confidence and with time though because I think I must have said that to various adults in um, over the last week or so but you know it is something that's really hard to do and it is something that almost in your head you're like no this is going to be seen as a sign of weakness yeah. and actually mm-hmm. uh, literally the phrase I have used in the last week is you know this is it's a sign of strength to say. You know, what do I actually need to do here? And sometimes you can get totally caught if you don't have the answer, You know, a lot of the time it's not just going to suddenly appear. You don't have the answer because you don't have the answer or you're maybe too close to something. And actually you'll get stuck in that kind of cul-de-sac and it will start to have an impact on you that can be quite negative. And then the minute that, you know, either you're brave enough to ask for help or somebody realises and in a busy world that can sometimes get missed. But if someone realises and says, what do I need to do? See the minute that that conversation happens, you can feel the lift straight away. And often that's the only way that you're going to get out of that kind of corner. But yeah, it's a hard one. It's a hard one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's that's it. So thank you. Thank, thank you very much for having me you on your show. <laughs> <Very> <laughs>